Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We have a guest speaker with us, and we hope that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Glad to have Reggie Dabbs with us. It is always a joy to have Reggie with us. When I say that I'm glad that he's here, you just don't know. He was supposed to fly in last night. His plane got canceled, okay? So he said, I'm arriving this morning at 7.30 a.m. That's fine. He texted me at 5 this morning and said, my plane's been canceled. I'm going to arrive at 9.20, okay? So sweat immediately covered me. And uh, you don't know it, you just almost got to have communion this morning. So, uh, uh, but it's always great to have uh, Reggie with us. Uh, Reggie speaks all around the world. He loves students. He does, you know, over 100,000 students in high school assemblies uh, across the nation, been with Hillsongs in uh, in New Zealand and London and uh, does school assemblies. Yesterday was doing youth convention in Alabama and uh, he loves students and he he loves the local church. And he spends a lot of time on the road that he doesn't really have to, but he loves people, and he, he loves you, and he loves the Lord. He's got a great testimony. Maybe you'll just take a moment and share it if you're, if you're new this morning. But we are always glad to have him, and uh, we want to bless him as well. If you want to give uh, to his ministry, there's a drop-down on our app or our giving page. It just says guest speaker, or you can drop a check in the... Uh, Uh, in the Dropbox, in the foyer, however you want to do that. But we want to bless our friend this morning. Would you make welcome to Generations Church this morning, Reggie Dabbs. Good morning. Y'all ready? I'm just glad to be here. Now you know why I'm really glad to be here. There's something about that Atlanta airport. The devil lives in the Atlanta airport. Everybody do me a favor. Look at somebody left or right. Stare them in the eye and just say, all right, all right, all right. Well, come on, turn to the person on the other side. If you do it one more time, say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, y'all ain't ready for me. We're just going to have to do this. Uh, it, just in case uh, you're new, my name Reggie, like Pastor said. I'm from the South, lived, born, raised in the South. I'm a Tennessee boy, love the volunteers who won, and today will be the Southeastern Conference champs. That means I'll have a t-shirt that finally says champion in Tennessee that's not from 1998, (laughs) hopefully, and so it's a good day, but ain't nothing like a good song on a good Sunday morning, is it? So I feel like playing. I'm a saxophonist. If you're brand new, uh, let me give it to you. Um, I speak a lot. I play the saxophone. I love music. Even when I do public schools, I use music to break down those walls. Not only that, but it ushers in the presence of God. I really believe that. And the songs I picked, and if it's okay, can I do two? I mean, I've been up all night, so I might as well do two. I got two songs for you, and I'm going to do them both for you, but I, I, I feel the presence of God this morning. What a great worship team. You guys did a wonderful, 
wonderful job leading us in the worship this morning. So let's just pick up where we left off. If you old school church people, you might know this one, all right? You might know both of them. If you know them, sing along. Let's start with this first one. I'm ready, Mr. Soundman. Here we go. It's good.
when, when I was a kid, I used to be afraid of dark. I don't know if anybody ever been afraid of dark. But I had a ritual that I did. Every time it was time to go to bed, dad like, go to bed. The first thing you do, first thing you do when you get to your room is turn on that light. Turn on that light, especially the big one by the door. Then I walk over and turn on the little light by my bed. You know, the one that has that little button, just that one. So with the big light and the little light on, the first thing you do is close the closet door. Because if it's coming, it's coming out the closet door. There's a whole nother world behind that closet door. And it don't lead heaven, it goes down. But if you close the door, I don't know, maybe those main ugly monsters don't have arms so they can't open the door. But if you leave it cracked, they come in. With the big light and the little light on, next thing you got to do, look under the bed. Because sometimes they slip out of the closet and get under the bed and when the lights go out, they snatch you and you're on the back of a milk carton. <laughs> if you're older, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was pretty funny, all right? So then you go and you turn off the big light, but you still got the little light on. Then you get in bed and you turn off the little light, but then you turn it on real fast. You got to trick the monster. Because he's like, oh, it's dark. I can come out. Lights on. Homie gone. All right. Oh, that sounds good. Everybody repeat after me. If the light's on, homie gone. This is what a sermon sounds like with no sleep. So watch this. So after I click the light, the small light, my dad be yelling, quit it! You're going to break that light. So I have to go to sleep. Has anyone ever been asleep but you're not? I mean, like, you gone, but you're still there. Kind of like math class, you know what I'm saying, little girls, yeah. You gone, but you can still hear the teacher, wah, 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 wah. That's where I was one night, and then something happened. I don't know if it's ever happened to you. It was a... A, a, it was a different you know what the normal noises your house makes if you're near the kitchen the refrigerator coming on and off that's normal the central air coming on and off that's normal and every now and then you hear something like Phew. now help me let me help you first thing you do if you hear a noise that you don't that's that's different here's what you do little brother number one don't move fast if you move fast gonna get you number two turn on the light so that night it was like <gasps> and I opened my eyes and I'm like now my back was the light was here so I had to roll over and I did it real slow because if you go fast gonna get you and I reached my hand over and I, and I touched the light and I hit the button Somebody unplugged the light. So now I'm like, huh. And then under my bed, I heard, and my mattress literally lifted up and then fell down. That's it. Panic time. I jumped out of bed. I'm running for the big light. I'm yelling, ah! Something from under the bed 
reached up, grabbed my ankle, tripped me, and I hit the floor. And it's dragging me back under the bed. I'm yelling. My dad comes, opens, turns on the big light. He looks at me. He looks past me and says, what are you doing in here? And my brother said, nothing. <laughs> my brother, the devil. I'll never forget that. And as I got older, I remember my dad looking at me going, what is wrong with you? Why are you so scared of the dark? I said, because it's dark. Dark is dark. Dark. He goes, the Bible says that Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and he wants to reign inside you. So if you're saved, son, don't be afraid of the dark. You have the light of the world in you. Y'all do know I'm not really talking about a fictional monster. I'm talking about real darkness that's happening right in our world today. So whatever you got to face this coming week, whatever I got to face, we have the light of the world in us already. So no matter what tomorrow holds, I know who holds tomorrow. It's not a saying, it's Jesus. All I have today is two Bible stories about how Jesus shined. Boy, did he ever shine bright. And if he could do it for the people in these stories, he could do it for you. The first one is in the book of John, chapter 8. I'm going to start reading in verse number 3. Now, hold on. Before we go there, okay, I want you to hear me. Thank you. All right. There once was a man who worked really hard. But his wife, she would make dinner every night. and He knew never to be late for dinner. Because his wife was Puerto Rican, you know. My wife's Puerto Rican, that's what I said. <laughs> One night he worked a little late, and so he's running to get home. But he knew if he cut through the cemetery, he can get home fast. Everything's good. It had rained all day, all day. Rained hard all day. So he was running home. He cut through the cemetery. He knew his path exactly where to turn by the tree, turn by that big tombstone. And he knew it, knew it. But when he took the turn by the tree, what he did not know was there was a funeral the next day, and they went ahead and dug the grave the night before. It was six foot deep, six foot long, three feet wide, and he fell right down in that hole. Now, because of rain, it's slippery. So he's trying to grab his way, get his way out. It's muddy. He's getting all messed up. But the problem is he cannot get out of that hole. He no matter how he already tried. Finally, he started talking to himself. Anybody ever get in a position where you're just talking to yourself? You're just talking to yourself. He put his hands on his knees and he goes, I ain't never going to get out of this hole. And a voice behind him said, me neither. <laughs> Somehow that brother got the need that he needed to get out of that hole. I'm just saying, maybe somebody today is in a hole and you need a little hope to get out of that hole. This sermon's for you. If you didn't understand that, maybe this. There was a lady who had a, her favorite bird. This bird had lived for years and years and years. This bird was the most sweetest sounding singing bird ever. He would sit on his perch in the morning and just sing. And whenever she came near him, the owner, she, that little bird was sing, sing, sing. One day, she said, my curtains are nasty. I got to clean these curtains. So she got her vacuum cleaner, and she's vacuuming her curtains. Somehow, she got all wrapped up in the curtains and didn't see her little bird on the perch beside the curtain suck that little brother up she looked down in the little cage he's there like eyes wide open she pulled it out turned it around pulled him out he's okay he's okay she used dawn soap that's what they do to clean birds i guess she put him back on his perch and he went Agh! 
It was the nastiest sound ever because his song had been sucked out of him. And maybe you're here this morning and somehow the world has taken away your song. I got two Bible stories. Maybe we can get your song back. I promise you, we're going to beat the Baptist to the buffet today. I'm sick of all the Baptist people getting all the white chicken. I'm getting my chicken breast today. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, let's do this. <laughs> the Bible says this. Let me set you up. Jesus went into the temple to preach in John chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. And when he got ready to start speaking, something went totally wrong or totally right. And that's where we're going to pick up. The doors opened where he was speaking, and they came in with a woman, drug her on the stage, and threw her up on the stage. And verse 3 says this, Teacher, this woman was called red-handed in the act of adultery. Moses' law gives us the order to stone such a person. What do you say? Hmm. Now let me stop right there, and let me go back and explain to you one of the first times I ever heard this story. It helps give you a little detail where I'm coming from. When I was growing up, I grew up in an Assembly of God church, and I grew up where I used to could sit wherever I wanted. And I used to sit in the back with the pastor's son, name's Jimmy, and we would play poker. But Jimmy always held his cards up too high. What's wrong with him? And one Sunday, we got caught by the pastor in the middle of his sermon playing poker on the back row. Needless to say, the next years of my life, I had to sit between mom and dad, right in the middle of them. And my dad's like, if there's something you don't understand, just tap me on the knee and I'll explain it. One Sunday, pastor got up and he went to John chapter 8. And he says, started reading. This woman was called red-handed in the act of adultery. And I just tapped him on the knee and I said, dad, what's adultery? <laughs> and my dad looked at me and said, ask your mother. So I looked at her, and she goes, quit playing with me. Tell that boy. Now, here's my dad's explanation to a 10-year-old. <laughs> I love it. There are parents here going, oh, Lord. <laughs> my dad said, son, in order to participate in the act of adultery, you must have no clothes on. And I'm like, she naked. I said, she naked. And my dad said, she naked. I have never seen this story the same again. And neither will you after today. So with that in mind, can we just keep, I love it. Everybody keeps looking over at pastor. He can't help you. He can't help you. This is, you got to know this stuff. This is important. How many of y'all know this is important? It is important because guess where we're going to go? Watch this. It says, Moses' law gives us an order to stone such a person. What do you say? They were trying to trap Jesus into saying something incriminating so that they could bring charges against him. Verse 6, watch this. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the dirt. They kept badgering him. He straightened up and said, the sinless one among you, go first. Throw the stone. Stooping down again, he wrote with his finger in the dirt. I, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to blame it on being tired. One of my friends preached this one time, and he got up, and he goes, y'all do know what really happened. When Jesus said to 
sinless one among you throw the first stone. A rock went flying by Jesus' head, barely missed him, and hit the girl. And Jesus looked over and went, Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> I just got off a plane, so there we go. All right. <laughs> Some of you will get it after you have your chicken breast. All right. No, nobody did that. That's a joke. <laughs> so here's what happens. Y'all ready? Everybody say, Jesus stoop. One more time, say, Jesus stoop. Hearing that, they walked away one after another, beginning with the oldest. The woman was left alone. Jesus stood up and spoke to her. Woman, where are they? Does no one condemn you? No one, master. Neither do I, Jesus said. Go on your way. From now on, don't sin. Let me paint a picture for you this morning. Hey, can you just see it? It's, it's, it's morning, it's morning. Before the sun can actually start giving us the warmth of its rays, she felt the absolute heat of people. Wherever she was, she was drugged from that bed. Hardly anything on. The circus was in town, drugged through the street. The band was, she's the band, she's the circus, and she's the clown. All of a sudden, she found there's a door, and she, she's like, what am I? She's trying to hide herself with her hair, trying to cover herself up. All of a sudden, she saw some kind of goldish brown carpet, and she's like, wait a minute. That's the church. That's the temple. And she's thrown on stage. I wonder what she was thinking. Call for help. Who's she going to call? Is there anyone on her side? Hey, does anyone get where I'm going this morning with this? She's all alone. I know what your, your answer is. Well, serves the right, serves the right. Well, serves me right. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a beggar trying to tell another beggar where the bread is. I'm just a lost brother trying to show another brother how to get home this morning. You got to understand. There are sinners and there are saints. The Bible calls everyone who's saved saints. But here's the deal. Always remember this. Every saint has a past and every sinner needs a future. And if we just remember our past and where God's brought us from, we could be a part of someone's future. I love this. Because she was caught red-handed. She had no way out. There was no hope for her. There was nothing, nothing, nothing. And then here's Jesus. And the Bible says when they said that, he stooped. Oh, come on. Is it okay if I preach a little black for y'all today? Is that all right? Because there's something you got to get in this story. Jesus stooped. Everybody touch your neighbor and say, Jesus stooped. Touch your other neighbor and say, Jesus stooped. It wasn't the first time Jesus stooped. See, Jesus stooped. When he washed the feet of his disciples, he became their servant, the servant of all. This is great. Jesus stooped when he hugged the children when they came up to hug him. Jesus stooped when he prayed in the garden before they took him to die for the sin of the world. Jesus stooped the day he was born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. Why was Jesus born in a manger? He should have been born in the biggest palace there, but he had to come the way he did to reach a brother like me. If he was born in the Holiday Inn Express, there would be people who could never afford the Holiday Inn Express who would say, well, God came for them, not me. He had to be born to where he was so he could reach and stoop for all mankind. Somebody say, Jesus, stoop. 
Jesus stooped when he picked up the cross that was meant for you and me. Jesus stooped when he died on that cross and took his final breath. And in this story, Jesus stooped. If you had walked into church and Jesus, and they'd already started this, and the people had already drugged a woman in, and all of a sudden you walk in and go, hey, what's up there? What's up? I thought that was Jesus. He's there. What happened? They caught a woman caught in adultery. They threw her on the stage and asked Jesus what to do. What did Jesus do? He stooped. Is that where he is now? Yeah. See, in order for you to see Jesus, if you were there, you'd have to look beneath the people yelling. You'd have to look beneath the people who wanted to kill somebody. You'd have to look beneath a woman caught in her sin. You'd have to look beneath a woman with nothing on to find Jesus. Because when Jesus stoops, there ain't nothing left except him. So that when Jesus stands, everything can stand too. Don't you get it this morning? It don't matter what you've done. It don't matter where you've been. It don't matter the hurt, the pain, the sorrow. It don't matter what people have said. It don't matter what people remember about you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The question is, is he with you today? When Jesus looked at that woman and said, go and sin no more, she was set free, just like all you and me. And she was able to walk away. Jesus stooped. You know what I really like about this story a lot of people don't get? You see, I want to see through Jesus' lens. Like if Jesus wore glasses the day I got saved, Jesus said, all right, Reggie, here you go. Wear these. That changes the way I see everything. It would have changed the way those people saw that woman. They would have saw a woman who needed hope, not a woman caught in sin who deserved to die. Are y'all getting me on this? We have to change the way we see stuff, change our vision, change that. And the only way for us to do that is to totally be committed to God. Not just, I don't want to go to hell, but God, forgive me of my sin. No, it's, God, I want to live for you. I heard you have a plan for me. I heard you had a purpose for me. And I'm going to dedicate my whole life to living that plan, that purpose, because that's where I'm going to be happy, because I'll be made exactly the way you wanted me to be made. Let me see the way you see. Give me your glasses. About a year and a half ago, I got a phone call from a guy who's been friend with me for over 25 years. He called me. I said, what up, John? And he said, I need to talk to you. I need to ask you a question that's going to put our friendship on the line. I said, whoa, you all right? He goes, no. He said, I'm just going to ask. I said, go ahead. Reggie, what's it like being black in America? I said, whoa, easy, bro. Let's get a Twinkie. <laughs> you can't just say, he goes, well, I told you. I said, okay, okay, wait. I said, hold on. What made you ask me that question? He goes, because I'm watching everything, I'm seeing everything. Now, you know what's funny? Me starting this illustration made some of y'all mad. But that's okay, because you're human. But you just need to change the way you see stuff. It's time for us to look through Jesus' eyes. Oh, Jesus was a man at this stuff. He went to a place called Samaria where Jews don't even go. Jews are taught, hey, Samaritans, they're the nastiest people on the face of the planet. Earth. Don't even go through their town. Don't even go in their area. What did Jesus do? He went there in the heat of the day. It's a desert town and asked a woman to give him a drink of water, a woman who is a Samaritan. Now, wait a minute. Jesus put his physical need in the hands of a person he's supposed to hate. 
I want to look through those lenses. And that woman literally made fun of Jesus, made fun of his dad, made fun of his religion, made fun of everything. Until she got done, Jesus said nothing except leaned in. Then all of a sudden, Jesus said, go get your husband, bring him back. I'll tell you of a water, you'll never thirst again. She goes, I don't have a husband. He goes, no, you've had five. And the man you with now, you ain't married to him. Drop the mic. <laughs> and she went, obviously, you're a prophet. He goes, I ain't the prophet, I'm the man. He waited until he had the authority to show her who he was. I want to wait to show people God's love. So when John asked, I said, your daughter's in the eighth grade. She'll be in the ninth grade. When she learns how to drive, what are you going to do? When you get in the car with her, what's the first thing she does? She says, oh, it's easy. Just put on the seatbelt. I said, he goes, right? I said, well, yeah, you can do that. That's good. Be safe. But that's not what I taught my son. He said, did he adjust the mirrors? I said, no. Did you show him how to start the car? No, I did not. He goes, I said, I told my son something you would never have to tell your daughter. She goes, what did you tell him? I said, when my son got in the car, I said, do me a favor, reach in your back pocket, pull out your wallet, put it in the cup holder so that when you get pulled over, you don't get shot reaching for your wallet. He goes, oh, my goodness. What made you do that? I said, well, that's what my dad told me, and that's what his dad told him. He says, I would never have to do that. I said, because you're white. Now, for those of you who are mad, look through Jesus' glasses. Because guess what? It's okay. My son's 28. He's an aeronautical engineer, works for the Department of Defense. He does a great job. And every time I see him or he picks me up at the airport in Tulsa, his wallet's in the cup holder. Why? Because he's 28. Some of you are like, I don't understand. Why does that have to be that way? It, it is what it is. Am I going to give up or am I going to try to change it? I'm going to try to change it one person at a time. And it started with John Driver. What I did not know was he was taping everything we said. Little man. He taped all our conversations and wrote it and sent it to me. He says, hey, all the conversations we've had, I, I taped it, and I dictated it. Here's the book. I think we should publish it. It's called Not So Black and White. Not the title I wanted. I wanted to call it My One Black Friend. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it didn't work out, okay? If you'd like to read it, I only have about 15 copies in the back. Do not grab this if it's going to make you mad. But that has everything to do with what I'm preaching. You know why? A woman lived because Jesus didn't see the sin. He was able to separate the sin from the sinner. Oh, everybody hit your neighbor and say, here we go. Hit your other neighbor and say, this is getting good. Jesus is able to separate the sin from the sinner, to separate what you've done from who you are. Who am I? Your creation, God's creation. You were made in the image of God. No matter what you do, you're still that person, and he will give you time and time to change that. He walked in that woman's life in that temple. He knew she would be drug in there, and he knew that he would empty the room for her. Why? Because he did not want his daughter to be ashamed. So he emptied everyone out so she could be okay. That's how much he loves you. Man, this sermon's good. Y'all just looking at me, but that's okay because I'm going to keep preaching it, all right? Everybody touch your neighbor and say, what do you see? Hit your other neighbor say it again. Say, hey, what do you see? 
That's story number one. Let's go to story number two. Matthew chapter 12, verse 9. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then I'm going to come back to it. Y'all ready? Verse 9 says this. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man was there with a shriveled hand. Hmm. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Verse 11. He said to them, if any one of you had a sheep that falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched out his hand and it was completely restored. Just as sound as the other. Wow. You know what I love about this story? Jesus didn't play around. He didn't play around at all. He just did what he had to do. And I like to apologize for what's about to happen. But sir, with the white jacket right there, could you please stand up for just a second there, sir? Right there, could you please stand up? Awesome, thank you very much. And could you uh, stretch out your hand? Thank God you have two hands. I appreciate that. That would not have been good, would it, bro? Now watch this. Everybody look at me. Look at me. You can sit down. Clap for him. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's what's crazy. See, he didn't know I was going to do that to him. And that man did not know Jesus was about to call him out. But I bet Jesus saw that man come in. Now, some of you can already see my left hand. You see what I've done. Here it is. People who have something that's different, they don't want it to be stuck out there for the world to see. So what will they do? They'll make themselves uncomfortable so that you can be comfortable. That's what they would do. So he would do something like this so no one really sees it. Maybe he'd have it in his pocket. Maybe he'd do something like that. But that day, Jesus knew exactly who he was. Why? Because Jesus is God. He's half God, half man. So he knew that man had a shriveled hand, and he knew what he could do with that hand. All of a sudden, Jesus looks and says, here's my day. This is my moment to teach everybody a lesson. Why? Because this man is more important than a sheep. And he literally called the man out. Okay, everybody, look at me. I'm almost done. Look at me. The man with the shriveled hand, he said, you stand up. And the man stood up. And then he said, stretch out your hand. Okay, stop. Look at me. Here's what you got to know. This is the point of absolute everything. Because that man had a choice. He could have stretched out what was normal. He could have stretched out what looked good. He could have stretched out what made him the same as everyone else. But Jesus did not come for the stuff that looks good came for the hurt, came for the shriveled, messed up, brokenness that we carry. And he simply says, stretch out your hand. And that man, he could have simply did that. But instead, he did this. And his response changed everything. I preach good today. <laughs> and your response changes everything let's pray Jesus I thank you for every man woman boy and girl here God I know you love us I know you care about us I know you are with us and you're not against us I know God that you made us the head and not to tell but God it's you and God I know because of the sermon you put on my heart at four o'clock this morning Somebody in this room needs hope. Somebody in this room needs peace. Somebody in this room has done something they wish they hadn't done, have gone somewhere they wish they hadn't gone, has seen something they wish they hadn't seen. And this is an opportunity to come home. 
Everyone listen to my words. Romans 10.9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. No one's going to throw a rock at you because Jesus has already stooped for you. He's here this morning. We heard that he is the answer before we even started. I am the answer. It's almost like God goes, okay, Reggie, preach that sermon because I am the, because in this story, he was the answer. And both said he was the answer. A man has two perfect hands. Why? Because Jesus is the answer. Whatever you carried into this church this morning, Jesus is the answer. The question is, will you give it to him? Will you give it to him? Let's start with this hand. Jesus is simply saying, stretch out your pain. Stretch out your sorrow. Stretch out your hurt. Stretch out your past. Stretch out. You love Jesus. You know him. But some of you, you're still fighting the demons from yesterday. Stretch out your pain. Stretch out what's broken. Stretch it out. Just stretch it out. So I'm going to count from 10 to 0 like a rocket about to take off. And if you're like Reggie, I know I have needs. I know I have problems. But I love God. I've given him my life. But I'm going through something so difficult this morning. Jesus is saying, stretch it out. So as I count from 10 to 0, if you decide I'm giving it to God, as I'm counting from 10 to 0, you just stand up. Whether it's left hand or right, you ticket to pick. And you're stretching out that pain, that sorrow. You're stretching out that situation. You're stretching it out. You're giving it to Jesus. And he's going to take care of it. It takes faith. The Bible says in Matthew, if you declare me before man, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. That's what's happening right now. I don't care who sees you. God does is the most. So what are you carrying today? You got 10 seconds to stand up and stretch it out. And then I'm going to pray for you. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, in Jesus' name, one. In Jesus' name, one. I don't want anybody being alone. I know, I know coming out of COVID, but if you're willing and able, can you just stretch your hand towards someone who's standing right now? Hey, I'm going to be honest. Um, everybody look at me. People who are standing, just look at me for a second. Brother, you were right behind me. Um, I've been preaching to you. And the lady in the purple maroon, uh, yeah, I've been preaching to you. I, I just went. Earlier when pastor said, you got a need, raise your hand. You both raised your hand. And I turned and I said, Jesus touched him, touched him. And that you responded. I just want you to know, me and God been talking about you. I hate so. I don't want you to think that. But, but ma'am, I don't know what's on your heart today. But you almost didn't come to church this morning. I'm not prophetic. So when it happens, I just like put a dollar bill down. But I'm glad you're here. Can you just go pray for her? Just lay hand. You do him. You do her. Everyone else, come on. If you got family members standing, someone you love standing, just stand up, put your hand on them. If you got a friend standing, don't let them be by themselves. Jesus, I pray right now that you would answer the cry to their heart. Jesus, let them know they are not alone. They've never been alone. That you are here for them. 
presence of God is so strong right now. God, I pray for this family in the back. Touch them right now, God. Touch them. Let them have hope. In the middle of the storm, give them hope. Give them hope in Jesus' name. Make a way out of no way. Turn their darkness into day. Be their joy in a time of sorrow. Be their hope for their tomorrow. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say amen. You may be seated. You may hug them and just say everything's going to be all right. Come on, let them know. If you want to stay praying, stay praying. But everybody else, could you bow your head and close your eyes? I got to go number two. This is the woman caught in an act of adultery. You know what she had to do? She had to let God save her. Some of you, you need to let God save you. And I'm going to tell you what it is. You have walked into this church on this Sunday morning with sin in your life. You do not have to leave the way you came in Jesus' name. Ain't nobody throwing a rock, nothing. But Jesus stooped so that you can get right this morning. I'm praying this is straight up salvation altar call. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon. Now I know a lot of people don't say that. A lot of people don't believe it. But when the book of Revelation looked like CNN News, we better start paying attention. Because the brother's about to come back and we're about to go home. And I want you to go with us. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what's in your life to sin but today is your day why because Jesus stooped for you so every head bowed every eye closed no one looking around we're going to say this prayer together everybody say out loud all right all right all right I want to hear this prayer that loud you know if you need this prayer everybody say Jesus today is my day forgive me of my sin I'm sorry but I'm asking you to be my Lord, be my Savior, come into my life. I'm sorry I've done wrong, but I cannot change yesterday, but I choose to give you my today. And in Jesus' name, I'm saved. Every head bowed, no one looking around. Pastor, come up here for a second with me, would you? Every head bowed, every head bowed. Remember Matthew, what I said? You declare me before man, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. That's what we're about to do right now. Here's what I want you to do. On everybody, every head bowed, every eye closed, on the count of three, if you today, today, got right with Jesus, this morning, you walked in this room with sinning, I don't care who you are, but you got right. Pastor is gonna look all the way over, his right, your left, against the wall, and he's just gonna start going across the room. Everybody who got right this morning, salvation. You walked in this church with sin in your life and you said that prayer and you meant it. I don't care how you feel. You got to respond. This is your response. I want you to look up to pastor and wave at him when I count to three. When he waves back, you're saying, pastor, today I got right. Today I got right. Today was my day. And when he, after it's over, he's going to pray for you and he's going to conclude the service. But right now, it's time for us to come clean with Jesus. It's not just stretch out your hand. It's he stooped for you. Now, in a minute, he's about to make you whole and say, go and sin no more. So all the way over, on the left-hand side, you're... Our right, your left. If you did it this morning, got saved this morning, look up now and wave at Pastor. He's going to wave back at you all the way across the room. Keep waving. Keep waving. He's looking all the way. He's going to wave back. Keep waving at him. Come on. Come clean. Come clean. Come clean. Keep waving. Keep waving. Keep waving. Keep going. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, 
check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.